Let's fucking do it. You ready? Arizona. Welcome to a Saturday night right here in Phoenix, Arizona. That was three or four years ago, and it has since been released as its own game, and it sucks. A simpler time. A simpler time. Simpler Simpler times, good beer. Spread up there with name tag beer. (laughs) Right up there. Neck and neck. (laughs) Radio for people who wear name tags to work. That's me. You have to wear a name tag? Yeah. Do you actually have to wear a name tag or do you have a badge? I have an identification badge. Okay, that's way different than a name tag. I I don't know, way different. (laughs) Maybe not way different, different, but totally different. (laughs) Totally totally a different feeling than like, hi, my name is Jeremy. How can I load your groceries into your car today? I don't know. Still feels the same. People look at my man breast and then, uh, Daniel. Yeah. My printer's not working. <laughs> it's like, it's the same thing. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Daniel, I'll take a large pepperoni. I don't know. <laughs> They're still telling me what they need oh. me to do. It's like a large pepperoni. That was my favorite you know. part of your job. <laughs> when what? you worked at Domino's Dis- discounts on pizza. Flyering park- <laughs> no flower, flyering parking lots for you. Oh god! At the mall, that was that was some no, shit. That was Peoria work. '83. Oh, P83, as they're calling it now. <laughs> oh Which god! I know as Arrowhead. It's just fucking Arrowhead. Sorry, it's not P83. It's 83rd and Bell, the worst fucking intersection ever. Bell Road, gotta love it. <laughs> no, you really don't have to love Bell Road. <sighs> also known as the only road through North Phoenix that goes east and west. So I think it's interesting that Steam is doing a much better job at voice chat than Hangouts was. It all sounds the same to me. Just putting that out there. On my end, it's way better. You're not a robot anymore. As far as you know. So there's that. (laughs) This is true. You are at least part metal. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) All the okay. all the pins and uh, are removed. <laughs> all of the the compulsory metal has been removed from your body, and also all of the elective metal has been removed from your body. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what's uh, what, what's Google's allo? Hello. Hello. You, yeah. Did you guys? Uh, I believe it's how German people answer the phone. Hello. 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 Yeah. Hello. No, um, you know what I'm talking about, right? The AI? Uh, kind of. Somebody, oh yeah, yeah. I turned to my coworker. She was like, hey, this thing, it's uh, Al- Alo? Al- Alo? It looks uh, it looks pretty neat. It's like an AI that like, tells us. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but from the 13 words that you've said so far, I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, I think it's dumb. And this is the downfall of Western civilization. Uh, artificial intelligences shouldn't be telling me what my response to my friend is. 
I should be telling them. And then Karen sends me an email and I'm like, I'll just push this button that says, no, I don't have any of that. (laughs) Wait, what? What does it do? I I, I mean, I only know Uh, hello. So inbox inbox has had the buttons forever, but not forever, like a couple of months where it's like, let me find Karen's email from earlier today when this happened. Karen, question at 4.44 p.m. Did we finish watching The Night Of? And when I went to respond to her, there were three buttons in my reply box where I could type a reply or I could just hit one of those buttons. The button that I hit was, no, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> That's aloe? So, oh. No, well, yeah, okay. it's, it's artificial intelligence that like reads the content of the thing and then decides how you want to respond to the thing, which saves time and is okay. But my problem with it is that it, it removes the, it kind of removes it. Like it, it, it pigeonholes your agency as an, a sentient being and it removes the possibility space of all possible answers and it suggests things which. Okay. So I've seen that. And I think for me, I select it like one out of six times. It's useful. Other than that, I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> That's not what I want to say. I want to it tell a Chuck often, Norris joke. <laughs> it is often serviceable for me. Like I could pick one of those and there, it would have been fine. Usually there's a positive. Usually there's a negative and usually there's an, I don't know, but I, I don't like, I feel like I am smart enough to not fall into the trap of just picking whatever, one of those things every time yeah. and being influenced by what the actual text of those things is over time. So any individual uh, decision that you make on that is probably not going to be a big deal. But who's to say that they don't start like influencing those texts, you know, eventually to where like, I don't know. I I feel like it it dumbs down the conversation and you really should just talk to people. I don't Mm. know. It's, it it was, I I have no good reason to not like it. I don't like it. You know, being in the tech industry, you have to be comfortable with change, Mark. It's inevitable. Being a programmer who makes things like that, I have to realize that programmers are dumb sometimes and I don't like, I don't like automating away everything. So I can remember when I started using Google, but Google's been like online now for 18 years. Yeah. I mean, where were we before Google? There's only one correct answer for that. It's dog Dog pile. (laughs) I didn't know you were going to say that. Hold on. There was also Asta La Vista. If you were looking for wares. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there was, uh, ask Jeeves was around a little bit. I think that was fun uh, when you're sitting with one. your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or my There's aunt. Another one. I can't remember. Like, Oh God. Uh, dude. Your, your aunt, the one with, with web TV who showed. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Let's not tell that story. <laughs> moving on. Yes. Aunt Carolyn. <laughs> Well, I see. I didn't put a name to it, but you know, well, Aunt Carolyn's fine. There's probably only yeah. what, two or three of those <laughs> in your family. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so what were we talking about? I was talking about, oh, uh, how long talking has Google been around? No, well, robot originally, cause my voice was all roboty and then it was like, Oh, didn't Google have an AI yeah, yeah. robot thing? Well, no, that's what I'm saying is like Google has been around for a while. I've been using Gmail for a long time, but it wasn't one of the first adopters of Gmail. I did get an invite code. That's how like I was invited to Gmail. I remember that. 
And I, I invited other people. I had like a hundred invite codes or whatever. I think I invited you to it. Sure. Or since I must have sent you an invite at some point, hmm. but I think I only ever like sent three invitations. I was working at Doctor Geeks at the time. <laughs> Sounds pretty ner- uh, geeky. Uh, it was owned by the mafia. I think it was a front, but you know, it was fairly geeky. Laundering. Uh, well, see, okay. It was a franchise and they only had one location and they went global at one point and they had like champagne and cigars for us, but they never told us what other country they went into and I never saw anything that indicated we were more than one shop and, uh, yeah. The owner, he talked like this and he was from Jersey and he, he, uh, he didn't want to like, you know, uh, he didn't want us to talk about him, him, him outside of work. So, uh. You know, he just said, like, keep it on the download. We're just, uh, we're Dr. Geeks here. You know, we don't, we, we don't have, we don't use names around here. It's like, okay, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, shady as fuck. I'm, <laughs> I'm 18 or 19. I just need a fucking job, dude. And I'm not 19. I was probably 20 at that point. I'm 29. Anyway, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm young. I'm like, I don't fucking know. This is sketchy, but fuck it. It's a, it's a steady job. I like run some antivirus and, tell people that they need to reformat their machine and that's about it. Oh God. <laughs> so he decided to, to, to do value added services at one point And he, he's like, we could, we could uh, give them like a, a so uh, we could, we could like get a, a, a package of software together that we could put on these people's computers to make like, you know, to make their lives easier. So we'll use like, you know, this Google Picasa thing and uh, some antivirus, you know, like uh, the free Kaspersky or whatever. Uh, you know, so whatever, just put that on this computer and then uh, we'll show it to the guy and, uh, you know, it'd be great. Like, all right, dude. So I did that. I loaded Picasa on there. You know what Picasa was? Yeah. Picasa turned into Google Photos, which basically scans your entire machine, finds every picture you have, and then puts them all into an album. Great yeah. idea. Turns out old guys have lots of porn on their computers. So we bring this guy in to pick up his computer and Jay's like, here's this computer. We're going to put it up here. And uh, uh, we, we added a few things to it. Mark, why don't you show him? I pull up Picasso for the first time and it's like, I found 32,000 folders. Like, Oh God, (laughs) that's That's too much. What's, Oh, that's a cheerleader uh, with their tits. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. This is awkward. 64 images of a cheerleader. (laughs) Yes. It's 64 images of her like progressively slowly. Oh man. Totally, totally (laughs) definitely was like, Oh, those are legal pictures. It's like, you know, whatever it is. I did not see anything I shouldn't have seen, but it was totally like super fucking awkward to be like, Oh dude, I found your porn stash all of and it. then showed it to you with like three other people in the room. Yeah. Uh, that'll <sighs> we be, stopped, uh, we stopped. That was our first yeah. and last time we ever did that. <laughs> anyway, it's like, uh, and, uh, that'll be uh, $99, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That was like, uh, that'd be $300, sir. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing a foreign exchange, so he was a forex trader. He was retired, and he just like wanted he wanted Cox to give him the best internet connection so he could trade, like day trade and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, knock yourself out. So we had to put in like the best graphics card, the best CPU, the best RAM, and everything. Oh, and ultimately, I'm sure like it didn't fucking change anything. Not for day trading. Uh, I can see why you would want a fast computer and a fast thing, but you're not going to beat the automated bots that yeah. live outside in like, day trading. The, um, in the markets, they actually have like, 
there was a race to get the closest data center you could possibly get to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Wall Street. So you wanted you wanted the shortest amount of fiber between you and Wall Street, so you could be like three milliseconds quicker than your competition on the buy. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. People were trying to like do a mad real estate dash to locate their servers close enough to Wall Street. So you're not going to beat them, especially like being in Arizona. But hey, man, we'll we'll sell you four gigantic monitors for seven hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> Ka-ching. Yep, it's like that's ah, money in the bank. Hmm. So, yeah, capitalism. Uh, so, what do you know about geofencing? Uh, geofencing just means that your device watches where you go, and when you get outside of a specific area, it triggers an action. Okay. Have you heard of that? Like, it's like hyper three or something hyper, but the E is a three, like leet speak. No, 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 I have not heard of that. It's a new business. Um, I don't know if some like up and coming entrepreneur started it or whatnot, but okay. I think it's going to, uh, I don't want, I'm afraid that they're just going to use it for like targeting advertisements. Uh, okay. So I'm, I just pulled it up online and I see what it is. The engagement platform for venues. So when you walk into a store, they can send you things directly to your device based on your, your location of being in that store or whatever. There you go. Which Google pretty much already does. Cause like if I go to, um, yeah, if I go to a specific restaurant, Google will be like, Hey, here's the menu for that restaurant you're in. Yeah. Tell us. More okay. About that's place. cool. And also kind of creepy. Yeah. Is it handicap accessible? (laughs) I asked me all those questions. Well, there's, there's those questions that like, you know, help us improve the thing for people that are, is it good for children? Is it good for families? Does it have a handicap accessible bathroom, et cetera? This is more like you walk into a place and it's like Google now will be like, here's the menu. Here's some pictures from inside and here's the busiest times for this place. So like Mm -hmm. if you're trying to get a seat, maybe you should come back in an hour. Just shit like that. Like, that's cool. And it's all geofenced where it triggers when you get near that place. Hmm. Hyper appears to be a third party company that's doing it as well. Uh, Apple made a big stink about it last two or probably two years ago. They were talking about Bluetooth LE, the Bluetooth low energy. Yeah. And they had, they would have beacons in the store. So when you got like, when you got near the TVs in the store, your phone would like, be like, hey, you should get a new TV or whatever. Uh, so that's why the, the iPhone has Bluetooth LE built into it because they wanted to use the beacons as an advertising thing. Uh, hey, um, you know, I was going to somehow spin that into like uh, Starbucks targeting your like Facebook posts or something. <laughs> like you're like, oh, I stayed that up too late last night. And then Facebook or and then Facebook messengers from Starbucks pops up. Hey, come in for a bit. Double mocha caramelata, taco, or whatever you know. Dude, uh, we're we're good. we're definitely heading towards that. Absolutely, yeah. that that is a thing that somebody is working on at this exact moment. Ugh. <laughs> Looking and at I your social media that. posts, just classifying the emojis that you used over the last thirteen hours to figure out what your actual mood is currently, and if your mood is like predominantly negative, and maybe you're using the sleepy emoji too much. Hey, buddy, maybe you should invest in some Red Bull this morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey. On your way to work, I'm going to route you towards the 7-Eleven. Instead of taking you through the fastest route to work, I'm going to take you past Starbucks. Hey, why don't you go into Starbucks? Here's a coupon for 30% off. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, Sad. That shit is happening, man. That's that's totally a thing that advertisers and and people want to have happen. Hmm. We can only hope that they'll make it opt in, opt out. Mm. Do you ever see me. um Black Mirror, the Netflix series? No. It's uh kind of like a Twilight Zone, but like modern and all that. So one of the episodes is this guy. He wakes up and he's in like this dystopian future where everything is credits and you earn credits by getting on this exercise bike and you're powering, you're giving power to the rest of the society. So like you have to get on this exercise bike and like you get points for however long you do it. And it's kind of like he's saving up these points to eventually buy his own freedom or something like that. Hmm. And the story is like he, he sees this other person there and like he eventually tries to help her out by giving her all his points. And then the, the, the dystopian people like mess all of that up and it gets really fucking dark. But regardless, it's like the whole time it, they charge you for everything. So if he needs toothpaste in the morning, it's 26 points. So he has to like, he's like, he, he touches the mirror. It's like, Hey, do you want toothpaste? 26 points. He'll be like, yeah, give me some fucking toothpaste. Uh-huh. That's 26 points. The water that he's using is like counting up. It's like one point, one point, one point the whole time uh-huh. he's using the water and like all this stuff. So everything costs points. He has to like make a specific amount of points in a day to not go into debt and to be, ever come out ahead. But that's, that's, that is the kind of same feeling of like, if you make everything automated and everything like data mining, that ends up in some very weird behavioral modification and incentivizing issues. And like, I don't know, I don't know where that ends up, but there's some psychological pitfalls in that. Yeah psychological pitfall like it can influence people's behavior and is that a good thing john maynard keys john maynard keys like keysian economic theory oh so i'm looking up yeah okay the economic possibilities for our grandchildren yeah wrote that in what 1930 i'll tell you 1930 keens uh, there's Keynes. there are two two major popular schools of thought as the Keynes and the Bayes Bayes hmm. economics Bayesian economics yeah so there's Bayesian and Keynes and they're they're like they're different I can't actually tell you how they're different hmm. I might be wrong about that eh, fuck it I don't know <laughs> I'm outside of my element on that one. What are you learning about Keynes? Uh, you know, I know that, well, let's see. That guy, I think, is polar to what we're, what we exist in now. He was talking about a 15 hour work week. Huh? That'd be nice. Yeah. I'd be down with that. I think we're, we're working more than ever now, right? Like with all the technology, we're not working less, we're working more. Uh, we're not working more than ever because we're not working 65 hours in a factory and sweatshop. So no, we're not working more than ever, but we are more productive than we ever have been. And our salaries have not kept up with the increases in productivity. So ideally either we would be paid, we would be paid more or we would work less, but that hasn't happened. We've stuck to a 40 hour work week. And that might be what Keynes is trying to get at that. Like productivity has gone up 500% since the 1900, like 1900, 1910. 
the average worker nowadays is so, so much more orders of magnitude, more productive with automation and data technology and all this stuff. Theoretically, mm. that worker should now be paid more because he's worth more and he's product producing more, or he should be working less to make the same amount of money. Neither one of those has happened. We've been paid the same amount and actually our wages with regard to inflation have gone down. Uh, I have, I'm looking at CNN money com money.cnn.com and it's saying that in 70 in 1979 um weekly earnings averaged 332 dollars a week and in 2014 they averaged 334 so that's two extra dollars after oh god uh, however many years that is okay and then it says looks like we're working on average about 150 hours more per year See that? So in 1979, it's 1,687 hours. 2013, it's 1,836. I don't know what accounts for that, but the problem is more that we are producing way more and we shouldn't be working as much, or we should be paying, being paid more. That's a good point. That's right. Our wages, our wages have not kept pace with production, nor have they kept pace with inflation. <clears throat> hmm. hey, yeah. Maybe people like work more? No, people you, don't like work more. I, no. I guarantee you people hate work as much as people have always hated work. I don't no, know. Here's I a question, to, Dan. Why, why do we have to work? <laughs> to, to, well, we work for school districts. I don't know. Uh, we're government some... workers. Yeah, we, work is in quotes with us. But why, why do people work? Uh, I don't know. So I can get paid while I play a cell phone game on the... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't self-incriminate here uh, i work very hard for my money and i'm very productive for my district i bring a lot of value to the district and hopefully it um, far outweighs anything that they actually outlay for my salary and and keeping that said <laughs> my job is was not a service industry. <laughs> look, it's, it, no i hear you <laughs> look, I can, dude i can do a cost benefit analysis and show you that like i bring millions of dollars worth of value to my district and I am not paid anywhere near that much. So it's a net benefit that, you know, the district has programmers on staff and we're able to automate a lot of other departments. We're saving tons of money everywhere else, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't need to be there for 40 hours a week. I really don't. As a programmer and as a creative person, like creatives don't need to. It's. <sighs> so when you're a maker and I'm using quotes. The maker schedule, you can get as much done in several hours, three or four hours, as you can in eight hours. Especially with programming, you can't possibly program for eight hours straight. It just can't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a while to spin up, basically, because you're, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to make a cogent argument for this. It is a well-established um, thing with programmers all over the country and there's many, many, many studies on this, et cetera, et cetera. Regardless, it's very hard to sit somewhere and do eight hours of straight coding. Now there mm -hmm. are other things that I do. I have, I have like a side. So I have two different positions. I have a programming position position. I'm also a data analyst and I do GIS mapping and all sorts of stuff. And I do a bunch of other things. So like, it's not that I'm just programming and all of that, but I have always, just in my entire life as a millennial, I've always been unsatisfied with the 40 hour work week and having to be in a seat for eight hours a day. 
Now, if I could do four hours in the morning and take four hours off and then come back for four hours in the evening, maybe that would be good. Maybe there's like a siesta thing that could work. Or maybe there's only six hours of work to do in a day and I do all that six hours and then whatever or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I there do. Are ways yeah. around this. And it should totally be flexible. But that's a thing that <laughs> as the baby boomers die off, maybe the maybe work will become more flexible. And as maybe. automation increases, as we transition more to a knowledge economy, maybe we will not have to stick to the 40 hour work week. Mm. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of downtime during work. There is a lot of downtime during work. And to be honest, I feel like I work more than a lot of people in the office that I see. Not my specific department, but like if you've ever walked through an HR office. There's a lot of chatting going on. There's a lot of like water cooler talk and like, oh, for sure. I don't actually I don't actually know what a lot of people do there. And when we do go into other departments, we automate them. What? took (laughs) so there's this one department that has an excel spreadsheet that has several thousand students in it and it has like 40 different columns for every single student and it's basically the entire student like uh journey through this information has been redacted to protect the innocent Mm -hmm. now that that excel spreadsheet is compiled at the beginning of the year And then it's deltas are recorded. So anytime anything changes, they'll remove or change or add to that Excel spreadsheet, right? Theoretically, if every delta is recorded, every time something changes, it is recorded in the Excel spreadsheet. It will always be correct. Right? Yeah. So if I add, if I add a kid, I have to call the secretary. She'll add it into the, into the Excel spreadsheet. And then that Excel spreadsheet will be eventually correct within a couple days. Right. Okay. Now, all of this information that's in the Excel spreadsheet exists within two other databases that we use. Those two databases don't talk to each other because one of them is for the state of Arizona and one of them is from the district. Turns out, I, as a programmer, have backdoor access to both of them. So, I can automate the entire Excel spreadsheet thing, and I will have it so that it is correct every single day as we do replication. So now it is compiled every night at 3 a.m. with nobody's input, and it's exactly correct. There's never a delta that hasn't been recorded. There's never a change that wasn't recorded because somebody missed a, like dropped a ball or whatever. So seven months into the year, when the Excel spreadsheet is a fucking mess because nobody's been keeping up exactly, this thing is still perfectly correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, yeah. the amount of time that this person is wor- is doing this, multiply that by her, by the salary, and that's what that work is worth take my salary, take the four hours that I spent to automate this process. That's how much time it took. That's how much money it cost to fix the problem. That money is infinitesimally smaller than her salary for the last 25 years. Do you know what I'm saying? I I do. I do. Yeah. Going forward, every time that we use this thing, instead of the Excel, Excel spreadsheet, we're saving that much money again and again and again and again and again, ad nauseum forever. So you spend four hours of a programmer and you get the next 10 years of productivity gains for whatever it was. So that, that's going to end up being like hundreds of thousands of dollars over 10 years, which is totally spurious and totally like, oh, you're just blowing smoke in my ass. It's not worth that much. But really, it frees her up to do other things. So now she can be assigned to other tasks. She can be used more 
more, uh, she can be utilized better. And she doesn't like doing the Excel thing. (laughs) Yeah. We can turn her into, uh, chilling the soil. (laughs) No, like there are other things to do. (laughs) There's totally, there's totally other things to do in that department. There's, it's not going to be a problem. Like they'll find something for her to do. And I, I realize that that sounds callous of like, I'm coming in and killing jobs and but every time that we've automated anything in the past, like as a people, they found other things for them to do that keep them in a job, keep them making the same money, but now they're more productive. They're yeah. leveraging the automation to do something else. So that's good. Uh, anyway, my point is, uh, is like, wait. there's a lot of waste in any office and not just in public education. <clears throat> there's a lot of waste in the private sector as well. And I feel like making people be there for eight hours a day is kind of stupid when any specific office is probably only doing six hours a day of work. Yeah. Anyway. What do you yeah, think? It's uh, well, no, I think that that, that free time where people are checking their calendar, chatting, water cooler talk, you know, mm-hmm and playing a cell phone game or uh checking facebook or whatever i mean that getting that time paid is, to poop yeah yeah exactly i mean <laughs> it, it's like it, i don't know i don't think it should be the majority of your day but in in my line of work there's a lot of uh watching virtual paint dry you know watching progress bars fill up where i'm i'm t- i'm t- i have to stay there but i'm i can't actually do anything you know, manually productive for you know, 30 minutes while I'm sure, installing the, this the, one thing. And the boss in me would say, Dan, find something else to do. If you need to be yeah, in the room while that a, thing is going so you can catch an error, do something else while you're doing that. It's associated with, um, with laziness where you should be like, well, you know, I did all these things here and, you know, and, and actually while that thing was installing, I was taking out dead cables and I was doing other things, but it was very, uh, nonchalant you know where i had a purpose of installing these other things i was like well mm-hmm. this shit's gonna take a while i'll well, go you know pull this it is a lot out, like organize that. this it's the same thing with with road maintenance you always look out there and you're like oh well there's seven guys there and only and six of them are doing fuck all while this other guy's digging a hole yeah like why why are those guys doing absolutely nothing and watching because this if i was in that hole i would not want another person trying to dig the same hole well First off, yeah, like it's too many, too many cooks in the, in the kitchen. Yes. Only one guy can really dig a hole for a thing that's only so big, but also each of those guys has a specific job and they all rely on a specific state being established. And it's the guy in front of them that establishes that state. So at any one point, only one of those guys is actually doing any one thing, but they all happen in a row. So while that guy is digging, everyone's waiting around. Once that guy's done, one guy pours concrete. The other guy puts a uh, pole in there. The next guy will seal the top of the concrete. The next guy will tamp it all down. The next guy will, like, whatever. Then the guy who's digging the hole goes to the next place and starts digging a hole again. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, there's a lot of, like, where from outside, you can say, like, oh, they're not doing much. I hear you. I'm I'm picturing an automated factory cartoon from the 50s (laughs) in my head. Yeah. Um, so from the outside, like it doesn't look like you're doing much, but really there is nothing to do or you're waiting for a specific state to happen or, you know, like the, the gas station attendant would be, well, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Like there's something else you should be doing at that point. But uh, realistically in it and other service industries, sometimes there just isn't anything to do. Maybe you're just waiting for something to happen and maybe doing something else would cause you to 
not perform well at the thing that you're waiting to happen. So there's legitimate reason to not do anything. So I understand why you're just sitting around watching the virtual paint dry, but somebody who walks by would totally be like, what the fuck, Dan? Yeah, I know. I know. And that's the whole point. How much are we paying you? Uh, Not enough. (laughs) Exactly. Like you would say not enough. They would say way too much because they see you not doing anything and whatever. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the catch 22 of, uh, of it work. Nothing's broken. Why are we paying? Why are we paying you? Ah, this shit's broken. Why are we paying you? It's like, what are we exactly. even paying you for? What? what? <laughs> exactly. As, you don't notice your IT department until everything is ex- is super broken. Yeah. If everything is working fine, they're invisible. You don't think about yeah. them. Oh, <laughs> they're not worth man. much to you until there's a crisis. And then when there is a crisis, you're mad because they didn't prevent the crisis. Yes. What the fuck do you want from us? And I, as IT becomes more and more a part of every business, it's like we're we are the department. Like there's the people that like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. sales department, there's the, the accounting department. All those departments are great. If it wasn't there, those departments wouldn't be doing shit. It's, it's kind of a fabric, you know, there's a fabric or a backbone. There is. But even when there's like a weave and a weft, you know, there, there has to be a very strong backbone to weave everything together on. I'm sorry. Did you say weft? Yes. Weave and weft. Apparently when you're weaving something, either the top, I think it's the weft is the one that, ah, fuck it, dude. I don't know. I think the weft is the backbone. Um, did you hear about, uh, um, interesting. Like North Korea has like 28 websites and that's it. Or 28 domains. <laughs> something. I did hear about that and Reddit destroyed them all by hugging them. Oh, they did. That's awesome. Yeah. I got that. Well, it's, it's the, it's the Reddit hug of death. It's like, Oh Yes. Everyone wants to touch it at the same time, but not everyone can touch it at the same time yeah, because it'll, it'll destroy it. Yeah, let's no. see. No. The, the, <laughs> the Reddit hug yeah, I did that. see that. That was pretty funny. Let's see. Well, and, and Reddit actually had like a thing that went through and profiled each and every one oh, of them. I just sent like, you that link. This one is from... <laughs> yeah, North Korea accidentally leaked, that, uh, leaks DNS for .kp, 28 domains. Yep. The Korea Elderly Care Fund is a charity for the elderly. Korean Central News Agency, yet another news website. I have s- GNU.rep.kp, National Unity, a sort of religious group or well-being group. I have screenshots of some of their websites. They look very GeoCities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 3,076 points, gold, two days ago. I think there are more websites on the internet in GTA 5 than there are in North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I bet that's true. GTA five has 83 websites. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that (laughs) even if that is true, that like that is, even if that is the actual DNS records of the the Korean people, I don't know. It feels like propaganda or it feels like here's a vector to infect everyone in the world. Let's get everybody to come to all of our sites. I, don't know. I was very leery when I clicked on one of those. I was like, I don't want to be the one that clicks on this. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been banned from Pyongyang. Have you um ever been to um banned from Pyongyang? <laughs> um, have you ever been to Dutch Brothers? I have. I do not like Dutch Brothers. It is just sugar water. So I am. 
Uh, just shocked uh, with the lines that are always out there. I think they're putting something in the coffee yeah, besides it's sugar, water, and it's milk. It's fucking sugar. It, no, it's, it's just sugar. sugar. I guess sugar it's, is it's way more. Great sugar. Oh, it's very, very, very it's sweet. The, it's the sugar, salt, fat problem. Like fast food is super addictive because it's fat and salt and sugar. Yeah. The McDonald's fries had salt on them, but they also had a, a mixture of salt and sugar. Do you know that? Yeah. When they salted the fries, there was there was sugar in there. And it's people come back for that shit. Uh, having given up sugar for like the last three, four years, whatever the fuck, in varying degrees. I mean, like I'm drinking bourbon and liqueur, which is sugary, but like I can't really, I can't drink Coke. I can't drink sodas anymore. I can't do it. It's so super sugary. It just fucking kills me. Mm. But when I, I went to Dutch Brothers, I'm like, oh, I'll, they put one in near my house. I'll go check it out. Took one sip and I was like, this is disgusting. It's des- yeah, it's dessert. <laughs> can, it's, it's either like, it's either 15 shots of Monin syrup or it's straight up like they just poured simple syrup in this shit. Something, yeah. It's, it's very strong. But, but the thing that gets me, I mean, the coffee, it's fine. I mean, you, the first time I went there, I just asked for an Americano because I wanted to see what, how, the, how the coffee was. They don't have drip coffee. I think can it's they just even do that? Yeah. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like when I looked at their menu, they didn't have any like I just want black coffee. Yeah, when you go to those places, was, you can order anything you want because they have, you know, it's like a stocked bar. Because <laughs> like, it's not on the maybe menu. That was my problem then. But anyway, so I also I don't really care for the place, but it's I I don't want I want to use a stronger word, but I'll just say well, shocked I, that there's just for just for our listeners, Dan is a coffee connoisseur. Oh sure, <laughs> I like coffee. Dan is definitely a coffee connoisseur. <laughs> Dan has 17 ways to make coffee in his, in his house right now. Probably more like seven, <laughs> 17. Okay, ah, I'll count them for okay, you. Sure. I'll count them for you later. Um, you got AeroPress, you got Chemex, you've got a uh, regular drip pot. Yeah, I, um, I have a, an espresso machine. I have uh, yeah. a Keurig, which eh, I don't like that thing. It's so wasteful. The plastic crap. Uh, I have a AeroPress. I have the Vietnamese coffee that yep. sits on top of the cup. Let's see. That's like six or seven things. Uh-huh. You have a French press. I have a French press. I have a French press. Um, two sizes. I have one at uh, work. Long story short, you you know your coffee. You used to be a barista. Yeah, I'm still a barista. I'm just not paid to do that shit anymore. <laughs> that is very true. My boss handed me a pound of coffee today. He said, "Do you have a grinder?" He said, "Yes." Do you have a grinder? I said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah." And I was walking to my office because I have a grinder in my I have a hand grinder. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Do you have like an automatic one? I said, yeah, at home. He said, we take this home and grind. I said, yeah. You pick it on me. He said, I need you to make sure it's airtight. It's really humid today. So I mean, I don't want it to disturb the consistency of the beans. I said, shut up, boss. <laughs> don't make fun of me. You want your coffee ground. Anyway, the, the line. Dan, Dan, can you make sure you don't grind it in direct sunlight? It needs, yeah. it needs to consistently be in shade. Yeah. Uh, I like, Sorry, I like my women like I like my coffee. Ground up and in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, can yeah. we can we tell a dead baby jokes on this podcast? I don't care. I'm oh. sure. I um I wish I almost wish I had my uh I have it I have another religious joke that I'll have to share with you, but it's hand motions again, like you know why women love Jesus sort of hand motions. Yeah. But I'll have yeah. to I have to do it in person or or get a webcam or something. Uh, it's really, it's really good. It's a, it's a good religious joke. Anyway, I digress back to, um, <laughs> fucking, what is that drive through place called Dutch brothers? So 
Dutch brothers, the, the Dutch mafia. The yes, the thing that I don't like. Their coffee's fine. I mean, I can get it unsugared. They're they have like a white zombie or something that has white. It's very good if you need to stay awake through like a three hour movie, like because <laughs> it's just caffeine and sugar. I don't I don't have that problem, but sure. <laughs> I might. Um, so <laughs> I get enough sleep at night and I have exercise during the day. So, you know, I don't really have problems sleeping. Well, the one time I did, you know, I had the, we, I went, someone got me this thing and they said, you know, it was a midnight release to, uh, probably like, uh, the Hobbit or something. And mm-hmm. anyway, um, the thing I don't like about the du- uh, Dutch brothers is when you go and you order and how they're, they're in your business, you know, how they ask you a million questions. You know what I'm talking about? Oh shit! Yeah, when they're like, they come back to you while yeah. they're making the coffee. They're, they're like, like, "How you so doing? Where are you from? What's your mom's name?" Yeah. Oh no, it's not. How's it going? It's it's like, oh. it's way over. But I say, you know, what do you do for a living? How do you you know? Are you that? Oh, and they. Oh man, uh, it's just fake. I cannot cannot handle that. Yeah, and th- and that's why I don't go there. <laughs> and people line yes, up. Actually, <laughs> people line up. There's there's a line of twenty five cars and people standing outside this little Dutch brother kiosk thing. With these caffeinated, sugared up, you know, teens, 20 somethings working there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I just, it's, it's weird that they're, they're teenagers. They feel like they should be in high school, but they're not in school at like 2 p.m. on a Friday yeah. or like, you know, whatever, like <laughs> they should be in school. It's 8 a.m. Why aren't you in school? <laughs> it feels weird. Yeah. That's where the dropouts go to work. Oh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're older. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know. People need jobs. That is true. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. I, uh, flew to Los Angeles on Tuesday. And then I flew back from Los Angeles on Tuesday. A week later? <laughs> no, not a week later. The same day? 15 hours later. <laughs> the same day. The same day, you say? Yeah, I had to go to it. Well, had to. I was invited and given a free $1,500 ticket to a CIO conference in Los Angeles. Now, I'm not a CIO, a chief information officer. I'm not a C-level executive. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I was a little out of my element. <laughs> but uh, I was invited under the auspices of, hey, uh, I'm from the company that's putting on the conference. Uh, here's a VIP ticket. Why don't you come and, and participate in these roundtables? So I was like, cool, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with like the CIO from Walmart and <laughs> fucking MongoDB and a bunch of other companies. Oh, a lot of guys who came. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like startup guys that came down from uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, a lot of random people, a couple of people from the like the CIO for the national education association, the teachers union of the, at the national level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just all of these different people is like, there's a lot of suits in this room. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to network with all these people and look and, and basically like be treated as a peer, even though they looked at my, they would look at my uh, name badge and be like, uh, school district, huh? <laughs> uh huh. Where are you located? Like uh, Phoenix? Uh, do you uh, you you already in L.A.? No, no, no. I flew in this morning. Oh, well, how long you stay? I'm flying out tonight. <laughs> you uh, flew out just for this? Yeah. 
okay. Okay. You know, this is at the this is at the the fancy French hotel in Beverly Hills. Like, this is the Sofitel Beverly Hills. Like, uh-huh. I don't know why I had an Asian accent for that. <laughs> anyway, it was weird. It was an, it was definitely a uh, an experience. I've been putting myself into more like uncomfortable experiences lately. I've just been trying to be like, I think that's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to do it just to kind of mm. make myself more. I don't know. Uncomfortable. Trying to grow. Oh. <laughs> trying to grow, Dan. You you grow when you're uncomfortable. You, you don't grow when you're stagnant and sitting around doing nothing. So, there's that. Mm. It was kind of fun. Uh, seeing Arizona from the air was hilarious. As I kept, like, flying to LA is, I mean, it's an hour and ten minute flight, something like that. Yeah. You, you get up there, you look down, you go, oh, quartzite. And we're in LA. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Uh it was kind of fun to like, oh, there's my house. There's the white tanks. There's Alamo Reservoir. There's Quartzite. I think that's something in California I've heard of. There's Indio. Oh, there's the Salton Sea. And there's LA. Yeah. I got a couple of really good pictures uh, of like the, it was kind of rainy in LA and the cloud level was fairly high, but it wasn't high enough to go over the mountains over by, um, Palm Desert. Okay. So I had this like perfect picture of like a sea of clouds with this mountain coming up out of the middle of it, like a fucking uh, island in the middle of the ocean. We'll put that in the show notes. Super awesome. We, I'll put it on Instagram because <laughs> that's way easier for me to do rather than like actually try and make show notes and put them on a website. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the reason that I'm bringing it up here on an Arizona podcast about flying to LA is the LA perspective of Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite interesting. It was all of the like, oh, yeah, I'm from Arizona. Like you got a lot of, uh, oh yeah. What's that like? Uh, it's a city. Uh, you know, we have 120,000 people in the city and our district covers 26,000 students. We have, uh, you know, almost 2000 employees and it's and like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's uh, that's way bigger than my company. Like, yeah. That is way bigger than your company. Yeah. <laughs> it has more users than you do. Like, you might be the CIO of some company I have heard of, and you're in like the Fortune 500. I have more users. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of fun to, to hobnob with them and just be totally out of that element. Like, I'm a programmer. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing here with 56 other CIOs of giant multinational <laughs> corporations. But I'm enjoying every second of it, and it only cost me $150 to fly in Southwest. There you go. Is that a Southwest? I rode my first Uber. This episode brought to you by Southwest? Yeah. This episode brought to you by the cheapest fucking flight you could possibly find. It's fucking Southwest where you're treated like cattle. Did you get some peanuts? I did not. Or chips or anything? They offered them. I, I don't I don't take food from airplanes. I don't know why. I just don't. Hmm. I, I, I don't look down on people that do. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I have a thing. I ask for the plastic pin on wings when I go. <laughs> hey, little Johnny, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I always ask where the inflator is for the autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, oh, that is the beautiful movie. Anyway, it was fun flying there and back. And yeah, it was totally like 
uh, fucking I, I was falling asleep on the plane on the way back. Yeah. I got in at 10:30 p.m. I, I had to wake up at 4 a.m. Flew there, didn't sleep at all because I don't I don't nap. I'm not a napper. Did a whole day, did like a cocktail hour or whatever after the thing until 7 p.m. Gotten an Uber, like talked to a Guatemalan man for like an hour through LA traffic. He was um he was Otto. <laughs> Otto, the 60-year-old Guatemalan who's been in L.A. for 40 years and totally sounds like Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Where he's like, just this jolly old Latino guy and just like, he's telling me a story about uh, Griffith's Observatory. Remember when we went to L.A. to see Pussifer? I've been to Griffith. And we went up to, well, I know you lived in L.A., so you've, you know this well. But I mean, me and you, when we went to L.A. to see Pussifer, we tried to go up on the Griffiths and we got turned away. Uh, I told him about that. I'm like, oh, I went to, I tried to get up under the observatory late at night. And he's like, oh yeah, I, uh, I've been up to the top of that. I took my bike up there and uh, I, I pedaled all the way up to the top. And I was like, oh my God, I made it all the way up to the top. Cause you know, he's like a little fat dude. <laughs> a little fat old guy. He's like, I made it all the way to the top. And I went, yay. And all the people, they looked at me like, uh, like I was crazy because they did not know why I was yelling. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the funniest thing ever, dude. And I'm already like, you know, three cock, three free cocktails in. Yeah. I've got an hour Uber drive. I have a two hour flight in front of me. I'm just like, you're awesome. <laughs> I'm did you give him this. five stars? I did rate him five stars. I even give him like a little like, thanks Otto for the drive. Blah, blah, blah. Did you spell now, it like that? Not a my f- <laughs> have you seen Big Hero 6? No. Uh, anyway. Uh, we we had to watch that recently and anyway, uh, fuck it. Anyway, bring a marker in because that is <laughs> you a complete asking, tangent that does not need. Are you asking me if I've seen a movie recently? <laughs> well, it's a it, the robot goes delelele. It's really funny. Is that anyway? Is that the voice? <laughs> like, is that the only voice yeah, that it makes? The, so he he teaches the robot to do a fist bump, and then he blows it up, and he's all, and the robot's all because he doesn't know how to make the noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's cute. It's all better, I, like, I like that. Anyway, moving on. So Otto was awesome. The the first uh, the first one that I had was Garin or Karen. I don't know. Uh, either Russian or uh, Armenian or something. I had a language I have never seen before, and I feel like I am. I feel like I can recognize most of the world's languages. Never saw this one before. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on like a little scroll hanging from his rear view mirror, not Arabic, not Cyrillic, maybe some sort of cal- calligraphic Greek. I do not know, but he talked like this and he was very much like a, Hey, do you see this car in front of us? We, it's a, it's a hydrogen cell fuel cell car. It's a very ugly. I don't like it. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't like it either. It's, it is kind of ugly. I'm going to stare out this window at the LA rush hour at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm not ready to talk. I'm going to guess like Ukrainian, Azerbaijan, something been. like that. And he had a picture of a priest. I can only assume a priest had a triangular hood that came down over the guy's eyes and a big old fat, like gray beard and everything. Like this is, this is a founder of a religion, yeah. but my knowledge of Greek and, and Russian Orthodox yes, is that they have exactly. like <laughs> cylindrical, well, they have cylindrical square hats, not triangular hats. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, know if that's it plus the language isn't quite greek and it's not quite cyrillic so i don't think it's orthodox anything 
it's not Arabic. It's not any like Farsi or any Hindi. It's not any of those things. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck you're from. And I'm not going to ask you because I'm awkward. <laughs> so then you say Turkish. Anyway, <laughs> it could have been Turkish. I don't know. He it's kind of a mixing he looked like a guy I used to know. Yeah, he, w- I mean, he looked like if I had to guess, I would, I would have said he was like Russian. See a lot of right. people from like the the different continent or the different countries around Russia just for simplicity say yes I'm Russian <laughs> even though they're well yeah. not you know the people from the Caucasus mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. the Caucasians yeah there's there's a lot of that anyway neither here nor there Uber was interesting those are my first Uber rides it confused the fuck out of me it was like how do I tip through the app I want to tip these guys that's what you do right I guess so. Well, if, when you get in a taxi, Dan, do you tip the guy? I don't know how to buy uh, Uber. I don't know. I don't know how you pay an Uber. I don't yeah, when you get card. in a taxi, do you tip the guy? Uh, uh, afterwards, yeah. Not when I get in, when I leave. Yeah. Obviously. All right. So in an Uber, uh, you can't tip through the app. There's not a space for that. So it just says like, hey, how was that guy? Was he five stars? Yeah. Okay, cool. Have fun. It's like, I do, but I want to put a tip in. I don't carry cash. I don't want to just be like, Thanks for the ride, sucker, and get out and run away. Like, I, w- I want to put a tip in. And then I had to, like, research it later. Like, oh, yeah, Uber doesn't want you to tip these guys through the app. They don't do that. If you want to tip the guy, you give him cash. But nobody cares cash anymore, because who the fuck does that? But, like, I don't know. I felt really bad for the first guy. And the second guy, I was just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't know. Yeah. I got to go. So it was really weird to, like, I feel like I should tip you. I don't have any cash to do so. And your app does not allow me to. So this is just super awkward all the way around. Uh, I mean, they must be used to it, right? I have to imagine that they are. And I even when I stopped at the, the guy, I'm like, is there anything I need to do? He's like, no, you get out here. I'm like, uh, uh, I was looking for like, oh, you can put in tip on the thing and uh, see you later. Like, I just wanted something like that. But there was none. It was just get out of my car. <laughs> yeah. GTFO. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And then as I'm walking in, I'm trying to do the rating and I, I feel like I rated the guy and it just was like, okay, trip complete. I was like, did I skip the part where I tipped to do the rating? Did I accidentally, should I have tipped before I hit the rating thing? Did I miss a screen? I'm walking into a, a, a hotel at this point. There's like doormen being like, Hey, what's going on? And I'm like trying to finalize my ride. I'm was, it's super overwhelming. Just be like, what the fuck? Turns out you don't have to do anything. Just walk away. <laughs> so. I kind of like that and also don't like that. It's weird. Just walk away, Renee. You won't see you back. Did you hear that Phoenix's groundwater has hexavalent chromium? Chromium 6. Yeah, not to be concerned. The Aaron yeah. chemical. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Brockovich. I would say you look up hexavalent chromium. It always comes up with Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Turns out it's like, oh, we our groundwater, uh, which of our entire water supply, our groundwater is 2% of that. And honestly, that 2% is in specific areas. Like I grew up in a place that had specifically a, a well. Like where you grew up had Peoria water. Or where you lived in high school had Peoria water. Mm-hmm. Where I lived in high school had a private well that pulled groundwater from directly into the houses. So I probably got more hexavalent chromium than you did because I had groundwater and you didn't. So all of our... Um, 98% of the water in Phoenix comes from the Cap Canal, which comes from the lakes up north, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
the hexavalent chromium is only 2% of the people are going to be exposed to it. And also the amount that's in the groundwater is only 20 times the amount that California allows. And California allows a one in a million chance of developing cancer from hexavalent chromium in anybody born through age 70. So it's a one in a million chance that you'll get cancer from this thing. That's the level at which California allows it. We have 20 times that amount, which sounds fucking scary, right? Mm. That's 20 in a million chance to develop cancer. Those odds are not horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, still like you're probably going to get cancer from something nine, else anyway. <laughs> 900 people die on the roads of Arizona every year in car accidents. Car accidents. Like, it's such a tiny concern. Yes, we should be concerned. This should not be news. Mm-hmm. It should be like in your water report at the end of the year. Like, oh yeah, there's a little bit of hexavalent chromium. It's a one in two or twenty in twenty in a million chance. Don't worry about it. We'll try and clean it up. But no, it hit Facebook and everyone's like, oh my god, we're gonna die. Fucking toxins in our water. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand that. Like, like she kind of agrees with that, but then she'll like. She shared the thing like, oh my god, Aaron Brockovich come up in the water. Dude. It's not how, that bad. How did, how did she do that? How'd that go again? I honestly can't remember what I just did. <laughs> I think you said something like, <laughs> It's like Arrested Development. Like, does any Has anybody in this family ever seen a chicken? <laughs> I, uh, have you even seen a chicken I, I, wa- I watched a little bit of Arrested Development and I like for the next three or four days I was fake yawning like Buster when he sits at the table he's like and the way he stretches <laughs> and be like, yeah, like and that's why you leave a note that's why you always we're not there we're not there yet I'm not there and rewatching it we're still in season uh, that's yeah. like season three two or three uh, Karen can't get into that show no, I'm forcing Linda through it. No, <laughs> I, I'm very quickly like, I, I need to do that because that, that show is genius. Yeah. I love it. So subtle. It took me a long time to get into it. Yeah. I was hooked from the first episode, but it took me like years to realize like, oh, I should watch this. Yeah. Anything else to uh, talk about? Burroughs at Vistancia. National news, man. That was national, national news. news. I found a website from Minnesota. Minnesota, like Channel 5, Channel 15 in Minnesota was like, oh my God, they found Burroughs at a, at a school in, outside Phoenix. <laughs> okay. Slow news day in Minnesota. I guess so. Yeah, national news. I was going to say, I think I saw it on Arizona Central. It had like a, like a, you know, a picture from a potato. Yeah, that would totally make sense. Arizona Central would be like, oh yeah, they were uh, burrows up in Vistancia. Thing is, there's lots of burrows around there. It's not really that big a deal. No. They they live in the hills right there. I want to see camels. Vistancia encroached on burrow habitat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're seeing if you're seeing camels, like there's a there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. We used to have camels here. Yeah, the uh, I think the U.S. Army imported them to Arizona to see if they could like use them here for desert warfare in World War One or something like that. And then like camels got loose and. I don't remember. There's something about that deep in the annals of our history. Have you seen the uh, Joe Arpaio ads? 
Are you still there? Me? Yeah. Hey, yes, uh, I wasn't leaning hard enough on my button. Yeah, I'd been talking, <laughs> and you kept cutting me off like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my fault. No, I mean, I didn't have the button pressed. You couldn't hear me. Yeah, what was the last thing you heard? Um, our pio, pio yeah. I was talking about yeah. dromedaries so, and blah, 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 and you didn't hear any of it. <laughs> I did not hear any of yeah. that, I'm sorry. I watched a, a TED Talk that talked about the... Um, they are actually descended from like Arctic mammals, <clears throat> and now they're in deserts. That's a new one to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you think about it, because the, the biosphere of the Arctic areas is still a desert because of rainfall, and and the way their their hooves are are good for you know pressure on sand and being able to traverse the sand dunes was the same for snow. And their, yeah, their ability to keep the water. Totally see that. Yeah, it was, it was neat. So they had like, you know, giant camel bones were found. It was a TED talk. It was good. <clears throat> huh. Anyway, Arpaio. <laughs> that is interesting. How long has he been the sheriff? Yeah. Like 25 years, 50 years? A long fucking time. 40. So I'm going to say, I'm going to guess 40. Not you say 40 over or under? <laughs> Way under. <laughs> so 25? <laughs> yeah. I will find out by wildly misspelling service. Uh, da, 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 da. He was born in 1932. He, 1993. 93? 93. That's it? God. Yep. Oh, my bad. My bad. 93. Yeah. Anyway, he's running on a fiscal conservative platform, <laughs> With rolling which I in. find fucking hilarious and a gigantic lie. Yeah, I remember him going uh, right? rolling in a tank in a parade or something, right? Didn't he? <laughs> Joe Joe Arpaio was in a tank with Steven Seagal. That's right. <laughs> in in a publicity stunt, was serving a warrant on a drug dealer, and crashed into the wrong house. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, his current thing. So he's been held in contempt of court. They are recommending charges against him, which is criminal. He, uh, his lawyer is going to cost $4 million. Yep. And the county has to pay it. Uh. This is only one of hundreds of lawsuits that have been filed against him over his tenure. He has cost the county millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. He's a gigantic waste of resources. He's a gigantic waste of <laughs> fiscal conservative cannot possibly be applied to his handling of the sheriff's office. But Tent City, That's man, just Tent City. What a great idea. If our soldiers. <laughs> our soldiers do live in tents yeah. in the desert. It's, I don't care. Tensity, sure. A great idea. It's it, sure. It saves a little money. Puts people outside. Supposedly, it's a deterrent, but we know that punishment doesn't actually deter people from crimes in the future. Prisons should be about recuperating people and not punishment, but, you know, whatever. I, there's How no else way can, can we make money if we don't have prisoners, Mark? 
I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't mean to throw fuel on the fire. <laughs> we pay the private prisons, buddy. I know. We don't make money on prisons. So here's the way it works, Dan. Private prisons exist. Private prisons get money from the state for all the prisoners they have. Private prisons lobby the state for a minimum amount of prisoners that need to be put into private prisons so that the private prisons can make a specific amount of money every year. So there's a direct feedback loop between criminalizing smaller things to feed the private prison system, which then kicks back, kicks money back to people who make the laws that put people into private prisons. There's a loop of putting people into prison to pay private prisons and those private prisons making laws to put people in the prisons. Uh, That's why we have, we have one fifth of the world's incarcerated people in the United States. And it's mostly due to bullshit, minor drug laws. And in Arizona, it's definitely due to private prison influence. A lot of other places too. It's fucked up, man. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Long story short, he cannot be possibly considered a fiscal conservative. (laughs) He's still looking for Obama's birth certificate, so there's that. He's still a birther. (sighs) As if that fucking matters anymore. Even if he found it, what what good would it do? It wouldn't undo everything that Obama has done in in office. It wouldn't just be like, oh, we're going to undo everything he's done. You win. Good job, Arpaio. People would be like, oh, okay. Too late. Fuck off. I don't know. Whatever. Not a fan. Mm. Mm. It's been a shitty year for Monsoon, hasn't it? Yeah, shitty. What do you mean shitty? For monsoons? Not a lot of monsoons this year. Not a lot of heavy no, storms. Not a lot of but rain. We did get a lot of rain, I thought. More consistent. Okay. I thought we I got more know. spread out rain. More than like the frog stranglers, you know. I could see that. The um, I had a gutter that I needed to put up, and the last couple of years it's been a big problem. It's like caused a lot of flooding in the backyard and everything. And this year, oh, I didn't need to put the gutter up yet. Like I didn't have any flooding at all, no problems. It's been more just like earnest rain. You know, there's usually we have like little misty things, <laughs> or where it comes down, you get an inch in, you know, thirty minutes. And we mm-hmm. haven't really had any of those. It's been just like actual. Like today, it was. Just, just like raining. Today was a bad example. I think today was not a monsoon storm. Today was like a yeah. Today was an, a a complete fluke. Today was awesome, very nice and cool, and rained most of the day. It was awesome. Yeah, it was but nice to drive around. <laughs> it would have been nice to drive around. I was cooped up in a windowless office, staring at a cubicle wall mm. for my eight hours of mandatory service. <laughs> And we've come full circle. <laughs> we've come full circle. That's probably our cue. Awesome. Was there anything you wanted to talk about specifically about Arizona? I know. I kind of uh, anything else that we missed. See, uh, I didn't get to talk about camping up at uh, Milk Milk Ranch Point next to Strawberry and Pine on the Mogollon Rim. And goats. There were there were cows there. Cows. There were cows there. My dog chased cows, which is a problem when you cause a stampede <laughs> on. So, you know, the Mogan Rim is a cliff system. It bisects the state basically on the east side. 
the Mogollon Rim itself is like a thousand, uh, it's 2,000 feet of elevation change between the bottom and the top. It's like a thousand feet straight up and down of fucking rocks, right? Like, like a cliff. We're on a, yeah, it's a cliff system. <laughs> We're on a promontory, like a peninsula that sticks way out and is choke pointed down to like a hundred yards where, you know, it's probably like a half a mile wide at one point, but then it chokes at like a hundred yards. And if you don't hit it right, you're going to fall off this cliff. So we're camping there. We come back from lunch we bring the dog back with us, we get out of the car. And there are four cows, two mamas and two babies like sleeping in our campsite. And we're like, Oh, that's not good. So they, they wake up and they start walking away. I forget about them. I take the dog off the leash and we're like collecting firewood. He sees them way down the way and takes off. Bolts. Bolts for him. Yeah. So he's like, I'm an Australian cattle dog mix. I have to go herd that cattle. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm, I'm running with a machete through underbrush. Sounds safe. Which unsafe. So I dropped the machete. Like, I don't want to fall on this thing in the middle of the fucking forest. So I'm chasing after my dog uphill. The cows are going like, and like oh, just geez. fucking running as fast as they can. <laughs> what were they doing? Yeah. So my dog is barking. The cows are screaming. The you can hear the like. Broom, 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 broom. I'm yelling at my dog. Uh, there are other campers around, like within probably a quarter mile. They're probably just listening to this, going, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> the cows are just terrassing across this cliff face, yeah. and like. All they can think of is like, oh, these cows are going to stumble and break their legs. They're going to fall off the cliff. The babies are going to get hurt. Like, this is not a good situation. Anyway, long story short, my dog gets caught on something because I didn't, I, would, I had his leash unhooked at the end. So he had a 30 foot like cable trailing behind him. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, exactly. Like it was, it was like a drag shoot. Like ultimately he can't go that far. And if I can get within 30 feet of him, I've got him. So he's running and then he gets caught on something up the hill. So he turns around and comes back to me and like, okay, good. But now my shins are caught, like cut to fuck on all of the like thistles and all the shit in the underbrush. I've now run up a hill and at like 7,000 feet, like I'm winded. The dog's just like, oh my God, dude, I, I, I was chasing some cattle. It was great. It was great. Did you see me go? <laughs> it did see you go, you little bastard. Let's go back to camp. That was that was fun. Oh, hankers. Australian I, I did get to use my. Well, he's a Kelpie, which is very close to an Australian cattle dog, but. It's uh, definitely he's a cattle dog. He's a herding dog. And he definitely has that instinct. So he saw them. He was like, I'm going to nip at their fucking heels. Healer. Anyway, got to use my hammock. We uh, we laid in the hammocks for a while on the rim. It was beautiful. Very nice. I like to see the Milky Way. Went down to Strawberry to the where Fossil Creek Trail is. Went to the trailhead. You can't get down there anymore. So we turn around. But right there at the trailhead, there's a cheese, like a goat cheese place. So we go in there and like get some strawberry and jalapeno goat cheese and all that stuff. It's pretty fucking good. Anyway, it was a fun little trip up there. Definitely need to get back up there and camp. Probably in a different place now, but Mm -hmm. it was fun. Cool. Have you played any more magic? Uh, pre-release weekend, Kaladesh comes out, so I'm probably either gonna go on Saturday or Sunday. Go jam some new get coming out with a new set, get some new cards, new mechanics, new pictures. The art looks really nice. We're coming from a set that was um, 
Lovecraftian. So it was very kind of like, um, you know, there's zombies and horrors, like, you know, flying spaghetti monster horrors. Mm-hmm. And and then they spoiled some of the new art from the the set that's coming out, their pre-release tournament this weekend. And it's like, um, you, you take like, it's like kind of Egyptian, but with, but very technologically advanced. So it's like okay. steampunk, but it's not Elizabethan era England. It's, it's like, you know, Mediterranean, North African it, uh, culture, quarter, you know, does that paint, does that That's paint the picture for you? It's very bright and shiny. Yes, uh, and, a techno, it's Stargate, Stargate Egyptians. Yeah, more so I'd say, you know, they have like science fairs and stuff like that, but it's like, you see, you see <laughs> this. Fairs. Yeah. They're science fairs and people come out with different, you know, technologies and stuff. And it's, that's the, that's the culture <clears throat> of this world of Kaladesh. <clears throat> but, um, you look at the art and it's so nice and bright. And you, we were coming from these, these sets of magic that were, you know, Lovecraftian horror. And it's like, you've been hanging out and like, the mall at like Spencer's and hot topic <laughs> and you're like, and then all of a sudden you see, you see like this new set and you're like, Oh wow, that looks nice. I can't believe I've been in hot topic for these months. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> look at something like nice you look and across bright. To the Abercrombie and Fitch and you're like, damn, there's some hot girl going in there. Yeah. Something like that, you know, with like yeah. uh, belly dancing shirts and, and pants and you know, flowy pants, like Aladdin pants, you know, it's always looks so comfortable. I, I associate those with uh, MC Hammer. Yeah, yeah, parachute, parachute pants. pants. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I gotta get on Amazon and order some pan- parachute pants. <laughs> Have fun with that, man. All right. All right good talking to you, man. <laughs> Let's. Uh, this has been a bull session with Dan and Mark from Arizona.fyi podcast. Today was September 22nd, 2016. Adios. Adios, Dano. Adios. Well, thank you for listening to this bull session with Dan and Mark from Arizona.fyi. Remember, you can always check out our website at Arizona.fyi on your browser. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those social services, etc. You can always leave a comment on our SoundCloud. You can leave it on our Facebook. You can leave it on our Reddit, whatever. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Whichever one of those comes out as the leader is the one we're going to be using. So uh, leave a comment somewhere. You can also send an email to mail at Arizona.fyi if you want to give us a correction, a suggestion for a future show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we do have an Instagram account where we will occasionally share things. Thanks again for listening. And remember, while you're out there exploring our state, don't forget to bring us along.